Canadian Wants to Know. Ein Podcast für Englischlernende in Deutschland, der kraftvolle Geschichten und anregende Fragen nutzt, damit ihr auf unterhaltsame Weise eure Sprachkenntnisse verbessern, vertiefen und festigen könnt. Hier ist euer Host, the Canadian George Robledo. Welcome to my podcast, Tell. Yeah, thanks, Jorge. Is it Jorge or is it George? How do I say your name? George. George. It looks Spanish. It is Spanish. It is a Spanish name. My parents come from Latin America. Um, oh, got it. But growing up in Canada, um, I just went by George. I actually nice. I recorded a podcast episode with uh, someone recently, and for 40 minutes we talked about my name. <laughs> so That is pretty cool, actually. <laughs> yeah. Um, The reason I asked you to come on the podcast is because I heard you on, on Lawin's podcast and it was just mm -hmm. really, really fascinating to learn about your story and just how you left Germany to go to Asia and just everything that goes around that lifestyle of being a digital nomad. And in my 20s, I was fascinated by that lifestyle. Mm -hmm. I'm like, man, I want to be a digital nomad. Okay. Uh, but then I got married. So life changes when you're married. And uh, now I live in Germany. <laughs> yeah, how, how old are you now? I'm 34. I'm okay, 34. so it has been 10 years. So the digital nomad movement, did it start 10 years ago? Yeah, I would say so. It was the beginnings, right? Yeah, no, I, I, I must have started to hear about it in my mid-20s, I remember. People, people talking mm -hmm. about and I'm like, man, I would love to just travel and, and live in different countries and work yeah. from a computer. And I could do it. Like, I could do it today with... All, all of my work is on a computer, so I could do it, but I have a wife who likes to be in Germany, so we stay here. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't make sense. Yeah. For, for me, it was a bit, uh, it was a bit different because um, the way I started was, I, actually, I wanted to become a digital nomad, but back then I didn't actually know that that was the word. Uh, that was in 2013. Uh, I was in Bavaria in the south of Germany. I actually did a, a paragliding class, and then in the in some days where we where I wouldn't fly, I would sit at my desk, and I was wondering. I actually wanted to wanted to leave, um, but I didn't know. I had I had basically no no start and no approach for this, um, and I didn't even know that this was this was called digital nomads. And I, I'm still not super happy about the word, but fine. Um, and then I had contact with this American guy called Jimmy Hayes. Um, I had just emailed back and forth because I heard him on a podcast and I told him, Hey Jimmy, I had this idea and it just came to my mind one day. How about there's a, if there was, was a community where I could invite people and we all kind of learn from each other and travel together and meet in different cities and so on. So I thought this was a genius business idea, right? <laughs> and he was just emailing me and said, Hey Till, um, just don't bother with that it already exists and i'm inside and uh, you can join if you want <laughs> oh you thought yeah. it was kind of like an original idea of yours at that time exactly because i had no uh, idea i mean how would you yeah, google that exactly i would have never found that thing and actually the keyword that went by is location independent entrepreneur ah, okay okay yeah. yeah yeah and then so you met this guy you, you spoke with this guy and then he did he invite you to meet up with him somewhere or what was the next step He was actually not the person running the community. He's um, he made these. Actually, it's it's right now next to me on my desk. It's a it's a backpack called Minal with double A mean M I N A A L, uh, which I've been used ever since. Um, so he made these backpacks, and he was on a podcast, and he was in that community. 
But back then it was a rather small community of maybe 300 people or so, um, 2013. Um, but the community was made by two other guys who have a podcast called the Tropical MBA. And the next step then was that he sent me some invitation link. I applied. You had to qualify. You needed to make a certain income per month. Um, so I applied. Um, the, the, the founder wrote me and said, hey, Till, cool that you applied. Of course, you can join. Um, but listen, we have a conference coming up in Bangkok. So <laughs> just get a ticket and come. It's starting in like three weeks. And yeah. And then um, I bought the, the ticket, put all my stuff in some storage. Um, and then I flew to, to Bangkok. Basically, the next thing I know, uh, so basically, I, I, everything was kind of, it's hard for me to remember. It happened quite fast because I also had to uh, bring my car to my parents and put it all, like store it all away. And then I flew to Bangkok and kind of woke up in, in, a, in a hotel room uh, with this with this guy. I shared a room with someone to save some cost. And this this guy said, oh, yeah, we were talking about it. And he's like, oh, yeah, I have uh, 400 apps on the App Store. Um, oh. Yeah, and, and this was kind of the beginning of everything. And what did your family think and your friends think about you just like going to Asia? Hey, in three weeks, there's this conference. I'm just going there and maybe I'm going to stay there. What was uh, the response from your family and friends? Um, the thing, so I'm, I'm from the northern part of Germany, from Kiel. And uh, half a year before I moved from Kiel, to to Bavaria to to a small uh, village, so people were kind of already expecting me to leave even further. And I, I, the friends I had, they were all very understanding. Um, actually, never in my journey I had anyone telling me, "Till you cannot do this," or um, "Till what are you actually doing there?" And I think I might have had those people in my life, but I have um, sieved them out earlier on already. Okay, so by the time you made that decision, the people in your life at that time were understanding. Like, okay, yeah, why not? Seems like a yeah. cool idea. Yeah. Um, I think nobody really knew what what I was doing, and and also I didn't really announce that. I mean, I, I was just basically I was I was always on the go. So what I noticed one day was that I live in the city in Kiel. Um, most of your listeners are German, right? Mm -hmm. Yes. Oh, hello, hello, Freunde. Um, good. So, um, Kiel is a small city, but still in that small city, I managed to move almost every year or, or sometimes, yeah, let's say every year I, I, I had a new, I had a new, new flat. And so this was already inside me that I couldn't, I couldn't really stand it to be in one place so long. So even let, let's say when you were in school, did you mm -hmm. kind of always know I'm not going to live here forever, that I, I want to explore, that I want to travel? Was that always a thing? Okay. No, actually, it was not at all. So um, actually, so when I talk about this time in 2013, um, oh, damn it. Now I need to calculate. I think so. I, I would have been 29 years old back then or maybe 28. Um, so already quite old. Um, when... The first time I left Germany, I mean, apart from traveling, right, which I did quite a bit to the States and Canada and so on. The first time I really left was, was in 2000, um, I think it's 2006. Uh, I went to Australia and worked for a software company. And back then, uh, the people who, who employed me there, it was just for a couple of months, they, they gave me a job offer. So I could have stayed. 
but I decided to come back to Kiel and to study computer science. And back then, it sounded to me, it's, there were, actually, if I should be really honest, um, it was that I wasn't ready to live life on abroad, not with like ties to family, which I can, which I can tap into every, every day I want. Um, so I wasn't ready to, to be alone, basically. And this, that was the reason why I then went, went back from Australia to Germany to study. Um, the university, those five and a half years, was a great time. And I, I think I would do the same thing again. But what I noticed was that I actually did those because it was a, it was a defined plan. So when you go to, did you study? Jorge? Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay, so you also had roughly three or five or six years, something like that, right? Mm-hmm. So when you start to study, you you get this curriculum and you know pretty much exactly what you need to do. I mean, yeah, you can vary, you can choose your things, but basically what I did, I looked at that plan and I saw, okay, most people studying computer science, they need um, they need eight, nine years for this plan and some people don't complete it after 12. Um, and the minimum time is like five years it's like i think it was five years um and then i basically found the minimum minimum climb and and did that um but the reason why i did this was that i i needed something to hold on to i wasn't able to stay in australia and then just say okay my goal in life is to build a business and travel the world I wasn't able to say that. I was not ready. And that was when I was 20, 22. Yeah, so I can totally relate with anyone who is hesitant with doing that. Everybody has their own moments where they do decisions. And back then, it was not my time to take that decision yet. So, But it came then uh, pretty much six, seven years after. Would you say there's kind of uh, like an age limit on when you can make uh, such a decision to say, okay, you know what, I'm just... At this point, now I just want to go off and, and spend time abroad. Or do you think it's possible at any age to take that decision? Um, I mean, if you, if you look at the, um, at the lower bounds of that, I don't know when a teenager should start that. Um, I guess there are some super smart teenagers who say they don't need the school and then they would just do that. I know some of them. I know this Vietnamese guy who was super smart, became a millionaire, uh, I think with 19 or something. Um, and I think he did that. Um, know some other people, some Americans who became millionaires with 20 uh, by doing e-commerce and then after that just traveling. So that I don't know. I cannot speak about that age. I guess it's definitely possible to do it when you're quite young. Now, when you're older... There is really no age. I mean, yeah, you need to be able to travel. <laughs> Otherwise, there's no point. If, you, <laughs> if you're too old that you cannot walk, it's probably very difficult. Um, Makes sense. But in any case, in between there, it's just a matter of trade-offs, right? So, I mean, you, know, you just told me you have, a, you have a wife. I don't know if you, you, do you have children. Not yet. Okay, so let's say when you have children, you can still do it, but the trade-offs are much harder, right? So then it, it really just becomes a, a matter of um i mean of course can you sustain a lifestyle can you pay for that and uh how can you pay for that like, can you make money while working anywhere that's the important thing and then also are you willing to do these trade-offs like if your wife doesn't want to travel well there you go so <laughs> that's your trade-off <laughs> right and things like that yeah so it just i i think that's a really good 
point. If if you think, hey, you know what, there's actually it's realistic, it's something that we can do, then and we really want to do it, then yeah, I think it's definitely open. What other things should I pay attention to before I make that decision to say, hey, I want to go off and spend some time abroad? What are some like maybe a checklist of questions I should answer? Oh, this is a good question. Um, <laughs> you can make this a Google Doc and for people to take off. But I, I guess this topic has been explored quite in length. I mean, I can just list down some things that come to my mind right, real fast. Of course, the, the money, having some kind of finance plan is super important. Um, having some kind of stash of money where you, where you know whatever you're doing, you still be able to pay a basic cost of living every month. So this, I mean, this is basically this personal finance 101. Um, you need to have an emergency fund that is at least six months of expenses. And ideally, it is two years of expenses. But everybody has their own parameters, right? And if you're, if you have a, a good job, then you can technically go with like no safety net. Technically, uh, I wouldn't advise that. But everybody has their own things, what they work with. But if you travel and if you are setting out to be a digital nomad, make a plan of having at least this. These um, depending on how long you want to travel. Let's say if you want to do a year, you need to have at least that year and ideally one and a half or two years of, of expenses in, in, in cash. That's that. Um, and then it's the question, do you want to do that for a long, long time or just try? So if you just want to try, you can just put the cash in the bank and then just try to make it work in a year. And you might, you might find out that it's very hard to make money uh, if you're sitting somewhere in Southeast Asia. Um, and then you might just revert after that one year. Um, so. This is really a consideration to have some kind of plan what you're doing. When I did that, I had no no plan whatsoever. I had just had, I think it was 20,000 euros or something like that. Um, and um, yeah, I, I just I just left because I, I, I had no means not to. I needed to go. Um, but then I also had the money problems the year after. So that's the one thing. And then if you have that sorted out and you know what you work on, you know how to make a living, then you need to look into, um, I would first say, look into all kind of tax situations because you can just pay a tax in Germany and you'd be fine. Um, that's not an issue. But if you want to do this for a long time, um, you actually need to look into where you pay tax. Mm, that's something that a lot, it's just, it's just I mean, this is basically living <laughs> Being a world citizen means, or being any kind of citizen means you need to pay tax at one point. Um, so make a plan for that. I think that's that's super important. Um, and then I would say as a third step, then I would look into where do you actually want to go. Um, and once you got that sorted, everything else is mostly easy. I mean, it's all logistics, right? You you have a flat, you you disassemble it. Um, you, you sell all the stuff you have and you buy some tickets that I would say that's the easy part. Everybody knows how to fly to Mallorca at least. Um, so it's the same process, just that you carry maybe a bit more stuff and you be a bit more careful. Uh, but everything else is easy. I would say like these three things like finances, what do you work and taxes? Okay. And maybe the fourth thing, where do you actually want to go? 
but all but as I said again, this is the easiest part. And with the places that you have gone and spent time in, where would you recommend? Okay, so for most people, it probably makes sense to go to those digital nomad hotspots because there's a reason they exist. Normally, they are a good compromise of cost of living, ease of access, um, let's say ease of visa, for example, um, and also internet access and also working capabilities. So those those spots like Chiang Mai, Taipei, uh, Ho Chi Minh City, um, there are certain cities in uh, Bulgaria, there is uh, maybe even Prague, there is uh, a lot of maybe Lisbon. Um, I mean, you can go to Nomadless. Nomadless is probably the go-to resource for many things here anyway. If you go to Nomadless and you just pick some cities that you'd like, be aware of time zone issues. So um, if you have a job, let's say Digital Nomad who has a job, let's say the job is in the States, um, you would be fine in Europe, but you would not be fine in, in Asia uh, just because you would need to work. If you need to work with a team, you would work at unbearable times. Mm. And then, yeah, I mean, if, if I would say just do the simplest thing, you have one year and you want to try out to be a Digital Nomad, if you want to do it yourself, just pick those uh, six hotspots and go two months each. And if you want to not want to do that work, um, you you could technically subscribe to one of these services like uh, Remote Year and so on. Uh, but that's a character thing. I would never do that because I, I just don't... I have my own agenda and I always had. So I never really wanted to go with a group. So I only meet people in some places and now I have friends all over the world. So now it's easy for me. But yeah, I would say... Um, do it yourself plan or go with one of those groups. Um, there are so many services out there and I think it's actually good to have some connections because at one point you will probably feel um, feel lonely and then having a group would probably make things make things a lot, of, lot easier. For me, I had this group and I traveled with them from Bangkok then to Chiang Mai <clears throat> and then from Chiang Mai I, I flew to Ho Chi Minh City and took over the appointment of someone from that community. But after that, I was basically, uh, I had my own plan. Now that you've been doing this for maybe seven or eight years, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you f- plan on continuing this lifestyle long term? Or do you think at some point you'll, you'll, you'll settle down and just kind of stay in one place? Yeah, it will be a compromise of both, I'm pretty sure. Because at one point, I want to have a family and... Um, Doing this with a family is a totally different challenge, which I don't know I want to do. I I just don't have any kind of data points on this, so I cannot tell. What I do know is, yeah, so there, there will be some stability at one point, and it's likely to be in Vietnam because now I speak Vietnamese and I really like that place. So I'm, I'm going back. Um, but what I also do know is now being 37, and being like this, um, I would describe myself as extroverted and I, I'm like one of these, I don't know, in a, I don't know if there's, there's probably been research being done, but what I notice is that I always have friends in all kinds of different groups, but I very rarely have one group where I stick to all the time. 
So I, I'm, I'm very fast to make connections. So for me, it's very easy to go to a new place and just make friends and hang out. It's the easiest thing for me. It's to, totally natural. So for me, I would, I would just continue doing what I'm doing. But if I'm, uh, let's say, if I would settle in Vietnam, it would probably mean that I'm going to travel for a business trip every, every quarter at least. Yeah, I think this is, this, uh, this is definitely how I can see my life in the next five, 10 years. So even when you settle down, you still want to be traveling for business. Yeah, for sure, for sure. What are the the mental challenges of that lifestyle? Are there any? Yeah, for sure. So, but it it might also be a specific situation for me. So I'm a computer scientist, um, and for me, it's very easy to find consulting gigs if I'm somewhere where there's a tech hub. Let's say if, if if you drop me in, I don't know, let's say London or, or New York City or LA or, or okay, let's say San Francisco, Austin, whatever. Um, I could find a job probably in a day. I would I'm pretty confident this would not take long. Now, making money online in in a country where which is not a tech hub, or let's say let's just say it's it's a it's a country where you would be able to get a salary, but it wouldn't be a nice salary because the country just has a low cost of living and you cannot do gay arbitrage um then it's diff more difficult right so a mental challenge for sure is to um to get some financial stability if you don't have that it's tough and i i remember my 2014 where i think i, I didn't make money the whole year and i think it, I just, we just started i started maybe in october but there were solid 10 months where I didn't make any money. And that was depressing. And it was like soul crushing because not only didn't I, I, I still had money. So I, I was okay, right? I was not never really anywhere broke. And I also had friends so technically I could ask. But um, what I want to say is this status where you're burning money every month and you just have a limited stash that you <laughs> that you take from that was soul crushing for me and i was i wasn't depressed but i had sleep issues in that year i would not recommend that to anyone so either so i it, i think it's better to make a solid plan especially regarding the money so make sure that you have enough savings so that if you are in in this type of situation some financial troubles you have that to to rely on to help you get through this time period <clears throat> yeah yeah or even better i can tell you the story of mm, Okay, there's a couple. I don't need to name names now, but they're from the UK. And I see them everywhere. And I never really understood what their business was because they never really talked much about business. I think that they had something going on. They did some e-commerce stuff. Um, but at one point, I was just asking them. So, and, and they were always happy. Like they were the, the happiest people of, of the group, like always a smile and relaxed and always went to events. They never seemed to work. And then at one point I just asked them, how are you actually doing this? We're all hustling and we're stressed and like you are here having a blast. And they're like, yeah, yeah, we we own three flats. We're good. <laughs> so they just traveled off of their, okay, uh, their rental the, income. The rental income. Yeah. So if I could do it over again, um, I think if I would, I mean, this is a totally different question, but I would... I think the, the the most the best plan is to, yeah, get take care of the finance. I think hmm. now, like we said, you've you've been doing this for several years. Mm -hmm. What are some of the 
like the personal lessons that you've taken uh, for yourself in your own personal development? What has this taught you about who you are and who you want to become? That's a good question. Makes me makes me want to think about this for a bit. Um, so I'm I'm big into personal development. Um, but I would say, okay, so my personal development lessons, they come from the business. They don't necessarily come from traveling. So you've learned more from developing your business, you think, not yes. specifically from being in different locations. Yes. Being in different locations just makes you more open and more tolerant. So what are some of the business lessons you've learned then? No, <laughs> they're countless. <laughs> one or two. Some business, one or two. Okay, I, I can tell you one concept which is really good, and there's also a book to it, which is called, um, I think it's called Profit First, but I might slip on the name. I might be wrong here. Um, you can probably look it up. And the, the concept of Profit First is that uh, whatever income you have, you first take that profit margin that you set out to take and after that you pay everyone else and it, it's not like you're paying yourself first and then you pay your employees i would always pay my employees first um but it it gives you it gives you focus on what you actually need to do because in in every business you need to make a profit margin and the higher the profit margin is the more security you would get in the whole operation and the more flexibility you have the more money you have and innovation and so on so just looking at the profit first and looking at how much actually do you want to take home it's it doesn't really matter if you have a million dollar business if if you only take home one hundred thousand, for example um like and then you pay tax on that depends on where you live and then you're left left with maybe fifty thousand. so there's maybe no point in even doing that I think that's that's one of the lessons, really. Other lessons. I mean, I learned, of course, a lot of lessons about hiring because that's what my business is. But I don't think we need to go into that. Um, okay, yeah, may, maybe about hiring um, because a lot of yeah, this could be actually good. A lot of people are maybe missing out on this um, because, and there's actually I think the the concept was started not the concept but like it was first really described in this book the four hour work week which is a book everybody should read um if they are intrigued intrigued by this idea read the four hour work week because it it specifically tells you the steps you can go through in order to get your job to to convert your job to to a remote job this is really the go to resource and it's, it's written really well and has, it has sold millions of copies and a lot of people in in our community got inspired by this book so read that book and there he describes how he slowly outsourced his work or the tedious task to um, people in, in India. And now I have had virtual assistants since I started, but getting that right was not trivial. So I, for example, I started with someone I paid $20 per hour uh, who, was, who was good. Actually, back then I, I started a podcast, which... I just did for half a year or so. Um, this is one of the things where, um, yeah, you. This is one of the lessons was yeah. Look at the profit first with a podcast. You might not be able to make a make a profit at all. 
Um, so, but back then, I would paying I would paying that 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 girl from Israel twenty dollars per hour, which was which is a is, is a is it was a good hourly rate for an Israeli. But I back then I didn't know I could hire someone from the Philippines for um, maybe four hundred, five hundred, six hundred dollars uh, euros. So that's something where if you have some kind of life where you need stuff to get help with. Look into hiring and get a good virtual assistant very early on because this will free you up and help you and teach you a lot of leadership skills like leadership but also management skills and you need to document things. So I think you could even do this if you're not a digital nomad. Um, if you're doing like, I don't know, let's just say you are uh, a, st a standard example, you're selling selling cupcakes. Right? You can get a, or let's say you're selling some kind of small clothing brand online locally in Germany, get a virtual assistant. Um, they can probably run the whole thing for you. Uh, that's that's important skills that you would need at one point anyway. So I would say this is definitely important. Yeah, and I know there's websites like Upwork and Fiverr yeah. where you can find, pe find people. Yeah, exactly. Um, it is still super hard. Um, by the way, the, the formula or the, the way you win in Upwork and in Fiverr is that you always hire at least four people. And then you choose the best, um, just just to drop this <laughs> along the side. <laughs> yeah, no, thank yeah. you, thank you so much for for these tips, for for your story, and I, maybe maybe this inspires someone out there who says, "Hey, you know what? Why not? I want to leave Germany for a time period. Maybe try that lifestyle." Where can we sure. find you on social media? Yeah, so my name is Till T I L L, like it's from the German Tillman. Um, and last name is Carlos, like the Spanish Carlos. And you can just put this in anywhere. So uh, you will find me on Facebook, on um, just put it in Google. You find my personal website on LinkedIn as well. Super simple. And yeah, our business is called Pairing. So it's uh, pairing, like the Bluetooth pairing.dev. Um, and that's where we, where we hire developers for companies who want to build their teams out. Mm-hmm. Perfect. Thank you so much for your time. And I wish you continued success in your travels and in your business as well. Sure. Thank you, Jorge. It was a pleasure talking to you. That was my interview with Till. I don't know about you, but I've got Fernweh. I just got back from a trip to Costa Rica and I can't wait to go back because I can work from anywhere. I plan to spend three months in the Caribbean in December. Fingers crossed my plans work out. I'm interested to get your answers to the following question. If you were a digital nomad, which country would you visit first? If you enjoyed this episode, send the link to one of your friends on WhatsApp today. If you want to support the podcast, consider leaving a tip. If you're looking to improve your business English, check out my website for one-on-one -on -one lessons. You can click on the link in the show notes for more information. That's it for this episode. Also, bis nächstes Mal.